Hey, Mike. Hi, Caleb. How are you this evening? I am doing quite well. It's very warm, but uh, nice out. It is warmer than warm, Caleb. It is hot and unpleasant here. That is true. And you've made me shut off my air conditioner for this recording, which I am very angry about. We do it for the listeners' ears. <laughs> what, are you, what are you drinking tonight? I am having a Moscow Mule. Oh, nice. In yes. a copper mug or just doing it glass style? Just a glass. I don't have copper mugs, but this may inspire me to go buy a pair. Oh, come on. Amazon Prime, a couple right to your door. After the episode, I probably will. All right. Treat myself. What are you drinking? <laughs> I am drinking a drink from the uh, Death & Company book called A Failsafe. Hmm. Yeah, which has some sort of like sinister sounding uh, uh, tone to it, but it's a Negroni variation. It's, it's quite nice. All right. Yeah. So what would you like to talk about tonight? I was just going to ask you that, but oh, since jinx. you asked me, I will answer. <laughs> I thought we could talk about the Chevy Bolt with a B. As in Usain Bolt. As in a bolt of lightning. So this is something that's not available, but is imminent, right? Is imminent, yes. The, okay. uh, the big thing that happened in the past uh, few days was that uh, Chevy came out with the EPA-rated range for the Bolt, which was uh, anticipated. Um, Chevy had been saying since they introduced the car at the Detroit Auto Show in 2015 that uh, the Bolt would be their first um, fully electric car that would go more than 200 miles range and be affordable. Um, and so as that's gone on, we've gotten more details about what that means. So the plan is for the car to be priced just around $3,700. $37,000? That would be... I'll, I'll take five, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the uh, point is that with the federal rebate of $7,500, it should come in right around $30,000. Does the, the, the federal rebate counts for like the first, what is it, like 200,000 or 250,000 vehicles sold by an automaker? Yep. Um, electric vehicles, I should say. Does the Volt count as part of that? Because it's a hybrid vehicle, is that counting? So are the Bolts, or I'm sorry, are the Volts with a V, Victor, that have been sold thus far, do those count towards Chevy's credit? Yes. Uh, okay. They have to have enough rain, electric range to qualify, even though they're plug-ins. Um, uh, but it does. It has enough range to qualify. So you get the rebate from that. Um, okay. So the Bolt isn't starting with the full uh, allotment of discounts that the, it's going to have a lower number of discounts available. Yes. The Volts have sold around 50,000 or so. Let's see. Oh, no, sorry. They've sold 100,000 Volts since 2010. Well, that's pretty significant. And so, yeah, they've got around 100 or so, 150 or so thousand left. But they're still continuing to sell Volts too. So there really aren't yes. going to be very many... Uh, or there'll probably be like half the number of credits available. Yeah, it seems like it. But, you know, that the Volts have been selling for six years. Um, so, And I guess Tesla has the same problem where the Model 3s are going to, the number of credits available to them will be drastically diminished by the number of S's and X's that have been sold. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, and the early Roadsters, a uh, couple oh, thousand right, there. Yeah. I saw two Roadsters this week. I did too. I went to an EV show and I saw two. Oh, well, that's kind of cheating. I just saw two in, in normal, in All normal right. life. Maybe they were driving there. Um, <laughs> Probably. So, sorry, the, uh, so the, the pricing uh, is going to be around $30,000 after incentives, a little bit extra in California since you get an extra $2,500. It's planned to be in the U.S. primarily. There will be an Opal 
the GM badge in Europe variation, but it won't be completely worldwide. Um, and what came out recently was the EPA rated range, which they hit 238 miles on the EPA rated range, which is besting the uh, entry level Model S, which has, I think, 208. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So $50,000 car versus $30,000 car, and the Chevy Bolt has more EPA rated range. Is the battery larger, or is it just that the because the vehicle is smaller and lighter that it has more range? It is large relative to its size, yeah. So it has a 60 kilowatt hour battery pack provided by LG, um, and so that is um, a That's little smaller. That's what the Tesla used to be, right? They used to have a 60. Yep, they used to have a 60, and now it's the 75. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's a little bit a uh, little bit better range, which is um, very impressive. I think a lot of folks were expecting them to try and just eke in right at the 200 level, um, since that's what they had quoted. And obviously, the battery is a very expensive component. Almost 20, 25 percent of the cost of the vehicle is in the battery, especially as you get into lower price vehicles like the Bolt. Um, how oh, you've preemptively made me cross out one of my questions. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. 25%. That's good to know. Yes, uh, I, I did find that. And uh, yeah, so I think that the main thing tonight is just sort of talk about the Bolt a little bit. Um, it's sort of history. What What is special about it? What are its specs? Um, and, and then there's been some test drives that have happened um, because of the 238-mile range rating. So we've gotten some more hands-on time from different different riders. Um, from the New York Times to Wired to The Verge uh, and, and others, LA Times. And then really sort of wrap up with general discussion about, you know, the Bolt will be out by the end of this calendar year. Um, they've said it'll be in dealers before or during Christmas time, uh, the holidays. So that's going to be a full year before the Model 3. Yeah, should be just about a full year before the Model 3. So um, what impact, if any, will it have on uh, the Model 3? and uh, potential owners of the Model 3. So, yeah, I think that uh, should definitely cover us for today. <laughs> All right, let's dive in then. What struck you from the reviews that you read? So, I think that the, uh, the normalcy of the car was mm, described by pretty much everyone. Um, yeah. It was sort of like, well, it's a subcompact car that's relatively roomy it's very quiet because it's electric and it behaves fine um a bit peppier than a normal compact car because of the electric motor yeah um definitely uh a little bit faster zero to 60 um like 6.5 seconds or so and like the leaf even like even the leaf and things are in the 10 second range and and a lot of low-end uh gasoline cars are in the 10 to 12 second range so definitely peppier um and uh some nice things that were said about the um the uh infotainment system um and i think that it, it just generally is a pretty reasonable car seems to get a lot of uh usable space out of its dimensions it, it is a subcompact um but it's five door so it it sort of is as using as much volume as it can yeah, and there was some talk of the front seats being uh, spring-based instead of pillow-based, I guess, or or sponge-based, so that they're about half the width or yeah. thickness. Yeah, yeah a lot thinner seats um, to give more leg room and also reduce weight. 
similar to sort of the airline seats that you have now in the newer airline, um, new reconfigurations, how those seats are so much thinner. Oh, I don't think anyone wants to use airline seats as a, as a metric for comfort, though. I'm not sure they did, but that's I'll go there because <laughs> I, I do think they're thinner. Oh, sorry. One real-time correction. I don't know why I thought this. The base model S is still 60 kilowatt hours, and it's 218 miles. So, uh, But it's got the, the bigger battery, though, right? And you unlock it with a paid upgrade. Yeah. Some sort of in-app purchase. Yeah, exactly. So it is, uh, whatever, just about 20 miles shy of the, of the bolt, and that's most likely due to the overall weight increase and also general performance characteristics. So anyway, sorry. Yeah, back <laughs> to the seats. Uh, I knew we'd get follow-up. Um, I, th- I think, th- you know, even looking back at some of the early prototype photos, um, concept vehicles, sh- photos from 2015, it definitely looked more futuristic in the original concept and now looks like a standard GM Chevy parts bin car. <laughs> yeah, it looks a lot like the, um, is it the Cruise or the... Yeah, I think it's the Cruise or the Malibu. Either, either Both of those look pretty similar. I think it's probably more Cruise-like. It still retains some of the... I mean, I, I've been complaining about this uh, before the program, but I long for the day that electric vehicles become so normal that they don't look like props from a 1980s sci-fi movie. The photos that are online of the Bolt, it has a white leather interior and it has, it's kind of all of these things where if you just want to make things look different to make them seem futuristic, you'll just change and do the opposite of whatever the modern or or whatever the current trend is. But a lot of times like having dark interior, there's a reason why you have that, right? Because it gets Mm -hmm. marked, a lighter interior will get all marked up and, and it's reflexively futuristic and kind of a lazy sort of futurism. And, you know, and then we get into like all the bright blue accents on electric vehicles. And I just look forward to a day when you can't even really tell that a electric vehicle is an electric vehicle. Yeah, I think the Bolt is probably the closest, the the production Bolt is probably one of the closest you can get now. Especially because this shape is pretty familiar. Uh, not as common in the U.S., but certainly much more common uh, worldwide of this sort of five-door hatchback-style shape. And it doesn't have too many crazy blue accents or <laughs> special badges or anything. I mean, I think the BMW i3 is is pretty strongly um, accented to look futuristic that's a diplomatic way to put it. Yeah. yeah. And I think obviously the Leaf has an extreme design point of view, which is polarizing. Um, <laughs> it shouldn't look like it just drove off the set of Demolition Man. I mean, yeah, I think come that, on. Yeah, I think one of the one of the best ones, just to get a little adrift, is the, the Golf, the E-Golf um, from Volkswagen is, yeah. is the most Golf-like and happens to be electric. It's one of the lower performing EVs, but uh, yeah, so, you know, the Bolt has been in production or has been sort of in development for just about two years. So it's been a really fast program for GM, Um, one of the fastest production vehicles from initial concept to production. A couple reasons for that. One is they uh, they worked with their Australian design team uh, to to do the design, apparently, um, which they had a lot more capacity to to start a new program. And then they also worked very closely with their uh, South Korean team on the aerodynamics as well as on the drivetrain. And what's interesting about that is they were also collaborating with LG um, for the battery pack for the drivetrain and also for the infotainment system. And they are a Korean, South Korean company. 
does GM sell? So GM bought what was it? Holden, I think the the company in Australia, um, to 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 make cars in Australia. And do they buy a South Korean car company as well, or is it just the LG partnership that's putting them in South Korea? Um, I know they have they have operations there. They have a design studio as well, but I'm not sure if they did that through an acquisition of a car company or not. But they, um, I think the the big thing is they've been working with LG since the the Bolt, uh, sorry, the Volt with a V, Victor. Um, <laughs> Why did they do this to us? Apparently, as a side side note, apparently uh, journalists have asked Chevy about this, and their marketing folks do admit that there is a lot of confusion, but they're sticking with the Bolt and Volt names, but they have on the record recognized that it's a bit confusing and difficult um, to keep them separate and also to have people notice what you're saying because Bolt and Volt. It's a little bit too clever. Yeah. Um, Oh, so real-time follow-up. Apparently, GM Korea's roots go back to the former Daewoo, ah. uh, which was, uh, I've seen some Daewoo cars on the road here, but not too many here in California. Um, But yeah, kind of a a Hyundai-level vehicle. Got it. So yeah, they had over a thousand engineers working on the Bolt program. So that's about how many engineers there are working on it. And one of the other sort of interesting things is that in June of last year, they already had 50 prototypes that they were doing at the Proving Grounds in in Michigan at one of the GM headquarters. So we don't think there are that many uh, Model 3s produced yet. So just a sort of timeline, I think that's sort of interesting that more than a year ago, uh, they already had a lot of prototypes. So we should be seeing Model 3 prototypes soon or hearing about them being tested more if they're going to keep their aggressive schedule. And then in CES of 2016, so that was January of this year, they showed off the pre-production cars, which were pretty much complete um, and all the major design decisions had been had been decided and that's when we started to get test drives um, and this is at CES yeah the consumer electronics show yeah that's a pretty bold statement right there yeah and I think this is also when they announced their um, investment in Lyft and that the bolts would be used as um, early uh, early self-driving car platform as well. So also GM has purchased a company called Cruise Automation, um, which was a a self-driving car company. And um, so they are also going to be, they're using Bolt, pre-production Bolts as their test vehicle. So it's very clear that Chevy wants the Bolt to be associated with obviously electrified vehicles as well as autonomous vehicles uh, and ride sharing. Um, it'll also be going into their Maven program, which is their own sort of zip car style system where you can rent a car by the hour. And so bolts will be very heavily featured in those uh, parking lots. Wow. Do they have enough capacity to build all these bolts? That's a lot of uh, a lot of different avenues of demand right there. Yeah, so apparently it will be built at their Orion assembly plant in Detroit, and that plant has recently received a $160 million upgrade for the Bolt and the Sonic production lines. Um, so the Sonic is also is one of their other subcompacts, very inexpensive, sort of in the ten dollars to $12,000 range. And the battery, motor, and drive unit manufacturing has started as of August of this year at LG in Korea. Oh, the batteries and all of the drivetrain is being manufactured in Korea. Yeah. Oh. Yep. So it's really an LG joint <laughs> sponsored by GM. I see. And what's interesting about that, right, is that traditionally automakers have owned uh, drivetrain 
uh, as one of the few components that they actually do produce themselves and motor motor design. Well, GM was doing the all the geo cars were actually the drivetrains were being made or maybe even the whole vehicles are being made in Japan and then brought over back in the in the 90s I guess when the geo metro was around. Hmm. The little three-cylinder convertible geo metro if anyone remembers that. I was not fortunate enough to ever drive or ride in one of those. Uh, it it did not have a 6 second 0 to 60 time. It doesn't sound like it, even though it has sort of a motorcycle engine. I guess it doesn't have the motorcycle weight. <laughs> it was pretty light, but yeah, it was it was not a performance vehicle. Speaking about performance, it's a front-wheel drive vehicle. It's 200 horsepower and 266 pound-feet of torque. And its general size is very similar to a Honda Fit in terms of wheelbase, overall length, and width. So if you've seen a Honda Fit driving around, it's generally about that same size and it has a 10 inch touchscreen and it starts like we said at 37,500 or so dollars which will get it right around the $30,000 price point and how that stacks up against other electric cars so the i3 by BMW starts at $42,000 the Nissan Leaf starts at $30,000 and the Volt Chevy's own uh, hybrid sort of electric car is $33,000 so it's more expensive than the Volt in Chevy's own lineup. So it, it isn't um, a super affordable price point from a sticker price. Yeah, it seems weird. There's got to be a simpler vehicle, right? It's, it's eliminating all of the internal combustion engine and all of those components. You think it would actually come in a bit cheaper, or at least maybe it will once they achieve some scale. Yeah, I think it, the tough thing is that they since they don't control the battery, that'll be a little bit tricky. Um, and the other thing is that it's not clear that they're actually going to have the same profit margins on it because they don't plan to produce too many of them relative to some of their other vehicles. And having another vehicle at this MPG, over 100 MPG, because of the way that the EPA does their electric vehicles, it will help their overall fleet standard. And so it allows them to continue to sell um, trucks and SUVs that get lower standards and still continue to progress uh, along the government required um, improvements in fuel efficiency. So it's a counterbalance to the Camaro, basically. Yeah. And apparently, uh, yeah, the people who market the electric cars also market the Camaros, which was interesting in the title (laughs) of one of the guys whose quotes I had. He's in charge of electric vehicles and, and Camaro and some of their other specialty cars. So yeah, the the battery pack, like we mentioned, 60 kilowatt hours, so similar as the base model S, and they use slightly different technology for their cells. So um, there's 288 cells in the pack, a lot less than the Tesla, and they're um, this instead of the cylindrical 18650 cells, they're um, actually landscape format, so they're a lot flatter and and larger just sort of LG has a different format. Uh, They've been working on it with uh, GM for quite a while um, and a slightly different uh, makeup chemistry. So slightly different recipe, but fundamentally similar lithium ion. Is that more like something that would go into a laptop where it might be more rectangular? Well, actually the 18650s are what are in laptops generally. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. It's just that the, I think that the flatness of it is that they, they don't have to manage the heat as, uh, as intensely and sort of package them all up because the cells themselves are, are produced a bit bigger and they're sort of designed for this less cooling need environment but they're more expensive because they're not as commodity so that's the tesla has spent more time and money on the cooling infrastructure and packaging 
but having a lower base battery cost where LG is has a slightly higher base kilowatt hour cost, um, but they require less other components. So it's not fully clear, but one of the things that did come up in the past few months was that on an earnings call with GM, an analyst was talking to them about the pricing of their batteries, and they were sort of saying it's not going to be possible to get below $200 per kilowatt hour, and that they didn't think Tesla could either. <laughs> and then Tesla's uh, head of investor relations hopped on the call and said, no, we're actually quite a bit below that already. Um, so the current belief uh, is that the Bolt and also the Volt cells are costing uh, Chevy more than what Tesla is paying for theirs. And presumably when they're producing their own, will be paying for their own. Uh, and so that is a sort of another potential advantage for Tesla is that um, Chevy doesn't control the price of uh, the batteries from LG, where Tesla will control the price uh, quite a bit better. So they've got a manufacturer that's taking a markup somewhere in between there. Um, but it might understand they're using the same chemistry. Is that right? They're both lithium ion batteries. Yeah, they're very similar. Um, there's going to be slight variations. And one of the one of the ways that a Chevy engineer talked about it to one of the reporters was, you know, we're all eating chocolate cake, but my chocolate cake recipe might be slightly different than your chocolate cake recipe. So now you're putting it in terms I can understand. So there you go. You know, <laughs> a little bit more flour, a little less egg. We've got devil's food going on devil's here food, versus yeah. like a German forest uh, thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Now it makes sense. There you go. There you go. That different <laughs> sponge cake. <laughs> and one of the the other important pieces is that the charging infrastructure for Chevy and the Bolt is using, uh, it, they do have a DC fast charging option but it's optional so by default you'll be able to charge at home and have the level two which is sort of the wall plug version uh, uh, sorry the dryer like 240 volts mm -hmm. so you could charge at around 20 or so miles per hour but they do have a dc fast charge um, which can go up to 90 miles and that uses a new standard that has been going out for um, the past year or so and it's called the sae combo and so what's interesting about it is it basically has the, the standard level two, and then below it is another little charger. So when you have the fast charging, it uses the same exact port, if that makes sense. So it basically uses another one of the ports to plug into um, when you're doing the fast charging. So that's good, but there just aren't as many of those around yet. Um, there's far less than there are superchargers. And it will also cost you money. And Chevy uh, and GM in general are also stated publicly that they're not going to invest in the infrastructure for charging. Really? They're going to leave that up to others. Well, yeah. That's interesting. Because, I mean, GM notoriously invests in the financing of vehicles like GMAC or I guess GMAC is now, what, Ally Bank or something? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so they've, they've definitely been involved in the past in that, but they're not doing that for electric no, we are not. So, so they'll finance the car, but sorry, but they won't finance. They're not doing any uh, investment in infrastructure for charging. So the CEO, Mary Barra, has said, we are not actively working on providing infrastructure. And so the Bolt, but the Bolt is also, so even though it's a, even though this system is analogous to the supercharger, it is not compatible with the supercharger. Is that what you're That's saying? That's correct. Okay. Yep. You cannot uh, charge at a supercharger. Okay. But you this. can char both charge at the common areas, like uh, in front of supermarkets where they've started adding these, at yep. least in front of the supermarket near my apartment, they have these uh, awful uh, charging stations that have billboards on them and the electronically LCD screens charging and showing mm. ads. And But you can charge your car there and that, that will work. 
Yes. Okay. Yep. Sorry, I editorialized a little bit right there during no, my that's question. Fine. Of course. Um, they, they learn that from the gas stations that have the TVs now, too. Oh, those are the worst. <laughs> the teeny little clips that are just not funny at all, but there's a good laugh track. And so. they're so loud. It's like you, you push the button and it just starts screaming at you. Not fun. Yeah. Um, so anyways, the, so the, and to your question about production. So the regular production is scheduled to start in October. So in about a month. And uh, they currently have capacity to do planning for twenty-five to 30,000 in the first year. And then increase to thirty to fifty thousand, depending on demand. So I, I think that it's sort of important to think about how many cars are being produced at this price point slash vehicle type to just sort of orient. So volts. So Chevy's current best-selling electric car hybrid sells two thousand a month, give or take. There's about a thousand Leafs sold a month, and there's about one thousand BMW i3s sold a month. Uh, Tesla sells 5,000 vehicles a month between the S and X. And so that's quite a bit more. But then if you look at what the Model 3 is going up against, uh, the big daddy of uh, luxury sedans, the 3 Series from BMW, they sell just around 10,000 of those a month. So there are 10 times more 3 Series sold than Leafs, 10 times more 3 Series sold than the i3s, 5 times more than the Volt, and twice as many as Teslas, all Teslas combined. So the question is, where will the bolt slot in here? And this is where I think some of the journalists maybe got a bit ahead of themselves, in my view, in proclaiming that Tesla is doomed as a result of uh, the bolt <laughs> coming out a year earlier. I believe Wired said it was the Tesla walloping vehicle from GM. And, uh, yeah. and Farhad at the New York Times said that GM was beating Tesla. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was definitely the, uh, the party line on that. So I think that the Bolt is going to sell, I think it will probably sell around 2,000 or so a month. I think it will do about as well as the Volt because my general belief is that the Bolt is sort of like selling a fish sandwich at a burger shop. <laughs> a fish witch? Yeah, like a... It, or fish, uh, fish fillet. Yeah, fillet o fish. That's fillet o fish. Yeah, it's Sorry, sort of I like been at McDonald's in a while. Yeah, it's sort of like buying a bolt is sort of like that. It like ordering one of those. It's like if you want an electric car, there are a lot of other there are a lot of options, and buying it from Chevy, who is really not known for electric cars, and who knows how much their heart really is in it, is a little bit like unusual. Where for Tesla. This is all they do, and uh, they're going to try and make that car as great a car as they can for that price. And for me, if they end up being just around the same price, I would much rather have a Model 3, even if you took the Tesla badge off, both from the styling point of view, the performance, the autopilot type features, and just the general aesthetic not cargo capacity yeah not cargo yeah cargo capacity for me is not super important and i just like a sedan better i, I just, it just looks funky to me <laughs> and and i don't know if you love evs or you're really into that like maybe it steals some from the leaf and the bmw i3s so maybe you pick up you know half of the leafs and half the i3 sales because those guys have less than 100 miles range so that's pretty anemic so maybe you get a thousand a month from steal from those guys, and then you get an extra incremental thousand or 
1500 from all sorts of other cars. So maybe you're at 2000 or 2500. But it still is a very early entry into the electric range, and there's no options for upgrading the range where we expect that the Model 3 will have more range options. And, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of people who say they want to have a Model 3. And I, I just don't think there's going to be that many people who are going to jump to the bolt just because it's available a bit sooner. I don't think that I don't think it's just because they want an EV. I think they want that particular car. Um, you know, just because you make a car of a certain type doesn't mean it's going to sell very well. So do you know what the sales numbers are for Chevy's similar ICE powered compact vehicles like the Cruze? And I forget what the other one you mentioned the other one earlier. Um, not the spark, but the, uh, whatever their, their other tiny vehicle is. Do you know what the sales numbers of those are? Yeah. Those sell, those sell like 15,000 to 18,000 a month. Cause I feel like the, the bolt's going to cut into those as well, which you're not really touching on. I think you've, you've articulated the bull case for the model three. I think the bear case for the Tesla model three is that the complexity of manufacturing a reliable vehicle that can travel thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of miles comes down to the more fit and finish of the vehicle, the durability of the components, the doors opening and closing, the seats moving back and forth, the little things that um, that you build up through the experience of manufacturing hundreds of thousands and millions of vehicles, and that the conversion from an internal combustion engine to the electric drivetrain is actually probably the least important part because you're actually taking what is probably the most complicated thing and just removing it. And now you just have mm-hmm. a battery of some sort of power controller and a motor and that it's then leaves all of the other things that uh, I believe uh, consumer reports has started dinging Tesla on as like all these vehicles have been on the road now for thousands and thousands of miles. They're starting to see things where the little like wear and tear starts to break down where you're, glove compartment isn't quite closing right your wheels are rattling the little things that you only learn by having vehicles on the road for millions of miles and like manufacturing and iterating on the manufacturing process over and over and over again and i think that's the bear case for tesla where where someone like chevy coming in let alone being a a full year ahead of them to market is that they're taking what they're good at or i mean i guess depending on how you view the quality of american american manufactured vehicles um but you know maybe they've they've learned something from toyotas or or whatever i i'm digressing right there yeah i think they're generally pretty good now i mean yeah so so i think that that's the the bear case for tesla where that's a real danger for them where they their strength is actually the part that is the least important in the vehicle in that you've removed the complicated engine and now you have a simple motor. Yeah, I I agree with what you're saying. I I think that the certainly the risk and the thing I am concerned about as well is if I end up getting a Model 3. Oh, if. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is radical here. All right. Okay, if. I mean, I have a reservation and I'm still planning to, but who knows. <laughs> there there's been discussion of other cars too, but the the main thing is that I would be concerned about the quality of the first ones off the line. But I do think that it has been stated multiple times that the the actual manufacturability of the Model 3 has been uh, designed in such a way that it should be simpler than their other cars. So that's yet to be proven, but it at least has been stated as a, a design constraint. And 
Sure, it's goal. not as bad as if the Model 3 was their first vehicle. They've yeah. learned a lot from having, you know, like, what, five years now of, of Model S's on the road? Yeah, and they now have the former head of Audi's manufacturing leading all their manufacturing. So they certainly have folks on the team who understand what it does take to produce vehicles at volume. But the thing that I think is most important, even to your question, like there, there are hundreds of thousands of Chevys built a month. Yeah, just around 200,000 a month. And this might be two or three or four or 5,000, maybe 5,000 if we're really aggressive, like they, they, they do, it does really, really well. Um, that's a tiny percentage of what Chevy cares about. And the current expectations from analysts are that it's not even profitable for them. So, so my main question about it is just that these have to be sold through a dealer network. And I'm not sure Chevy is going to be pushing incentives to the dealers to sell these cars versus others. And ultimately, you will not get a Bolt unless you can buy it at your local dealership. And so I think that the Bolt is still just this halo vehicle that is great for them as a brand and for PR and for select sort of cities and self-driving pilots and things. But I don't see much indication that this is that they're trying to cannibalize their other car sales with it because it feels like a $20,000 car that costs $30,000 where the Model 3 legitimately compares well against a 3 Series or A4, which does cost $35,000 and yet you get it for $30,000. So I feel like that is a pretty big difference where the quality and fit and finish of the Tesla we still haven't seen the full interior, but my current belief <laughs> is that it will be of a higher quality than the default Chevy Bolt. Seems fair. Um, I'll say that my bull case for the Tesla Model 3, and we haven't really touched on this yet, but is autopilot. Yeah, that too. The autopilot functionality is something that in all of these Bolt reviews that I've read, they haven't had any sort of mention of any autonomy or uh, driver assist features of, of any sort. Yeah, and very little discussion of supercharging and long-distance traveling. I mean, I, I still am concerned about supercharger and driving with the Model 3, let alone trying to get an, a Leaf, an, an, the new Leaf or the new i3 or the Bolt, because even if there is a charger on the way, there's not six or ten of them like there, the, like there is with the superchargers where there's many stalls. Many of these plugs are like, there is one plug in the back of the Chevy dealer. And, <laughs> or at Ikea. Yeah, or and an Ikea. So even if you get there and you find a plug that's working and, and live, and then you have to make sure that's not being used by someone else. So, I mean, I think that that is, that is definitely a, a concern, and it makes it much harder to have it be your only vehicle if you ever travel more than a few hundred miles. It uh, seems weird that... that given the number of, I mean, if you map out all of the General Motors dealerships around the country, that's probably got to look like a pretty good charging network. And it's kind of amazing that they haven't, like they might not want to invest in some sort of supercharger infrastructure or whatever in, in like building out something new, but you would think at least putting these turbo charging, well, that's, that's a poor choice of words, mm -hmm. but the fast charging uh, stations just at their dealerships, you think you would, that you would get some pretty good coverage there. And, and that would seem like a pretty good way of, for them to do it. 
So apparently they agree. Um, and so in my research, I found that um, Chevy is in the process of revamping dealer training for their electric vehicles because they did uh, blind uh, mystery shoppers about the Volt and it was atrocious. Most dealers had no idea why the Volt was special. They had nothing. They didn't know very much about how the electrical components worked and they didn't encourage people to uh, buy it. And so uh, they are, among other things, they're going to have to install one of the DC fast charging stations, the dealership. And then they also have to purchase some new equipment needed to service the car. So any v- any dealership that wants to sell the Bolt has to pay for out of pocket the DC fast charging and new equipment for servicing. So it's another hurdle to my earlier point around I think California dealerships certainly will here in the Bay Area, but I'm not sure when my family's Montana GM dealership will be getting the Volt or Bolt, let alone, you know, being wholeheartedly supporting it and recommending it, where every single Tesla store is going to be pushing the Model 3. And we know those guys get a lot of uh, walkthrough traffic since they're in malls and really high, high velocity traffic areas. Probably also not in Montana, though. No. Yeah. Not in Montana (laughs) right now. Uh, but they are worldwide and the bolt will not be worldwide, uh, to begin with. Um, anyways, I, I guess I'm fine with the bolt. Um, I guess I was a bit surprised at how enthusiastic some journalists were to jump on the Tesla's, uh, in for a big shock. Oh, you can't be surprised about that. It's the same thing. Every time anyone released something slightly ahead of Apple, it's like, oh, it's the Apple killer. The iPhone is now behind the times. And no one actually bothers to say, well, wait a minute, putting two cameras in your LG phone doesn't really do anything. But the iPhone has actually integrated those two cameras together into something that makes sense for the average person. Yeah. I feel it's a, it's a very common trope. It's an easy, it's almost like a Mad Lib fill in the blank article format for, for writers. Yeah, and I, I think that, if anything, my hunch is what it will do is the sales will come out poor, relatively poorly, and then that will cause a new swarm of feedback and articles that talk about how the Tesla is doomed now because no one even wants an affordable long-range electric vehicle, <laughs> and the Chevy proves it, um, and so that'll be funny. I, I guess... I want to go test drive one when they become available. I test drove um, a Leaf this weekend, and it was perfectly fine, but not interesting. Like I've, I came away with no emotional reaction to that car at all, <laughs> except that I hate the way it looks. So I would definitely want to go drive one, but I am still more enthusiastic about the Model 3 and the autonomous components of it and just the general design aesthetic. Yeah, well, the good news is we'll have a year of, of data by the time the Model 3 comes out. So so we'll probably be able to do a, a test drive Bolt episode uh, yeah. well in advance of, of the Model 3 release. That is true. And we'll try and drive it as far as we can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, I think that uh, wraps it up for the Bolt episode. Where can people let us know what they think about the Bolt and how it will fare? Yeah, if you have any experience with the Bolt or any related technologies, you can hit us up on our subreddit at r slash the Tesla show. You can tweet us at the Tesla show or hit us up on our website. We have some commenting on each episode at the Tesla show.com. All right. Sounds good. Well, stay cool, Mike, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye.